Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, good morning. I'm excited you are joining us again today. Again, we are in week five of our series entitled Protect Yourself. And really during this season, this idea of protecting ourselves is something that we're all getting used to. As we phase back into parts of the new normal, protecting ourselves is something that we will continue to do as well. And as again, as a church, we're doing our best as a, uh, abiding by the CDC and the recommendations of Governor DeWine. And if you saw some information this Thursday came out where things are opening back up. So what's going to happen is we are going to stay online for the month of May. And then in June, we will slowly open back up based on crowd restrictions as well, doing our best to keep all of us safe. And, uh, and listen, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. There's times in life where we need to protect ourselves. And again, this is what this series is all about, protecting ourselves spiritually. And we find these instructions in Ephesians chapter 6, which again is our main passage of Scripture for this series. So hopefully by now, this is really almost repetitive for you. I hopefully almost uh, getting bored by hearing me say this because that means it's actually sinking in a bit. That means we're retaining a little bit, which is some good stuff. So again, if you have your Bibles, go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app, which is just an incredible resource to take with you wherever you go. There's reading plans, there's devotionals, there's all that good stuff on there. And again, in this passage of Scripture, it's written by a guy named Paul. And again, he was writing to a church in Ephesus, and he was encouraging them to to live a life that was Christ-like. He was encouraging them to live a life as a follower of Jesus, but he knows that that comes with some obstacles. And he knows that there's times that we need to to put on armor to protect ourselves from those things. So if you would check this out, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So again, there's many ways to protect ourselves during this season. But the best way and the most important way is with the full armor of God. This is how we walk in strength, and not just our strength, but his strength. Again, we need the belt of truth. We need the breastplate of righteousness. We need our feet fitted with the readiness of peace. We need the shield of faith. And again, we talked about each of these, so today what we're going to do is we're just going to jump to what's next, and we're going to talk about salvation. Again, check out verse 17 with me. It says, take the helmet of salvation. Now again, think about a helmet with me. What do we do with helmets? Why do we put helmets on? We put helmets on to protect our heads. We put helmets on to to protect our brains. 
Right? We put helmets on to protect our minds, and this is extremely important. Right? Our head is what makes decisions. Our mind is, is where we store thoughts. Our brain is where we make choices. And our behaviors all stem from those things. What we do stems from those decisions that we make. How we act really comes from our thoughts. What we experience comes from our choices. Right? So a helmet is extremely, extremely important. In fact, just today, I learned the importance of helmet. I learned the importance with my bike helmet, right? So here, think of this bad boy. If you look at this, it actually has some mud on the side because at lunch today, I took a bike ride and well, let's just say that the bike path was still a little bit wet, wasn't cleared off and I was on my road bike with my skinny little tires, I hit mud and I went sliding and my helmet saved my head. Now it didn't save my hip or my ribs, but it saved my head, right? Helmets, they, they protect us. And listen, we wouldn't get on a bike without one. Now I know growing up, we didn't have these, right? Helmets for, for the kids that really their parents love them too much. No, okay, maybe not, right? No parent can love their kid too much, but that was for the kids that were a little bit soft growing up. But now kids wear helmets. Why? Because we learned the safety of it. And I know for me, I won't jump on my road bike without my helmet. I won't jump on my mountain bike without my helmet. In fact, Daryl, our ministries director last, a couple weeks ago, he ran straight into a tree, but he had his helmet on. I didn't save him. Helmets make a huge difference. I mean, think about baseball. Guys, remember baseball? So nice, right? Those are so fun. Listen, it's coming back. We're so excited for it. I know they're opening back up at the 26th, so it's exciting. But baseball, we wouldn't get behind the plate without a helmet, right? It would be crazy to do so. Softball's the same way, right? You wouldn't get behind the plate without a helmet. And now my son, this is actually my son's helmet. He's in coach pitch, and for him, he has to wear a helmet before he goes to the plate, right? One reason is because I'm one of the coaches and I pitch to him, so he should wear a helmet. But the truth is, that age group, half of them on their backswing, their back comes back and they almost hit themselves in the head, so they have to have the helmet. And again, that age group, some of them, they can actually forget a little bit, so they'll walk to the plate, we'll look at them and say, hey, what are you forgetting? You're forgetting your helmet because it's an essential tool. And think about football, right? Football. Here's some helmets. Now, what's amazing about football is you've seen how helmets progress. I mean, even if you look inside this thing, right, there's, there's basically, here's some straps. Maybe this will stick on your head and maybe you'll hold to it, right? That's the old school helmet and they put one bar in front, but then you get a little bit newer and check it out. It's progressed. In here, there's actually pads that conform to your head, right? There's things that, that make it a little bit better. There's things that make it for comfort, but also for protection as well. And it's crazy. It's crazy to think of how far helmets have come along. But the reason they have is because they're so important. The reason they have is because it, it's made such a huge impact in protecting your heads. And again, our head is important, right? A blow to the head can, can really hurt even more so than a blow to the body. And then if you look at it, the helmet is such a crucial, crucial part of the armor of God. In fact, if you look at it too, I mean, helmets are used for, for things to really allow us to do things that maybe are considered dangerous that we wouldn't otherwise try. If you think about everyday life and everyday jobs, there's some jobs that involve some danger, right? And those employees typically wear helmets, right? Construction workers, policemen, right? Firefighters and well, soldiers as well. A helmet is an integral part of a soldier's gear. It's a vital part of the armor because it protects the head. It protects the head. So Paul tells us in Ephesians to take the helmet of salvation. 
Then he reiterates this again in his letter to the church in Thessalonica when he says this in 1 Thessalonians 5.8. He says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. And again, Paul is speaking in terms that, that everyone would understand. Right? especially regarding armor. But once again, what he's doing, he's actually quoting some of the Old Testament. He's quoting the words from the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 59, 17. And he's making it clear that the helmet is our salvation, right? The salvation is our helmet because salvation is what protects us. Salvation is what keeps us from death, right? It's what keeps us from eternal death. It's what protects our head. It's what protects our mind. It's what protects our thoughts. And it comes from Jesus, because it's who Jesus is. It's what Jesus was sent here for. It's his complete mission, right? To protect us, to prepare us, to save us from death and to deliver us from evil, right? To save us and to give us salvation. And here's what salvation is. Salvation is the work of Jesus put into action in our lives, right? Salvation is the work of Jesus put into action in our lives, right? And it's the work of Jesus, understand this, his work not our work, right? It's his work, not ours, because there's nothing we can do. It's all him. It's a gift that he gives us through his grace. It's a gift that he gives us through his love. Again, Paul says it this way earlier in Ephesians 2, 4 through 9, where he says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Understand this. It's grace that saves us, right? It's by his grace that we've been saved. It's not by our works. It's not by anything we can do. We are saved through the powerful work of Jesus. We are saved through the crucifixion. We are saved through the resurrection, through the work that he did, the fact that he died on a cross. He was crucified for our sins. He was crucified for our rebellion against God. Right? He, and it really, if you look at the crucifixion, crucifixion was extremely gruesome because if you look at our sin, it's extremely gruesome as well. But Christ had to die in this graphic way to save us. And he was crucified for our salvation. He was whipped, beaten for us. He was whipped and beaten 39 times, which some people didn't even survive. And then he was crucified. He was humiliated. He was tortured. But get this, he rose again and conquered death. He left the tomb empty. And because we have an empty tomb, it means we have no empty promises in God. Right? Jesus did what he said he would do, and he'll do it again. He'll continue to do it because that's who he is. That's his works. And the result is salvation. The result is the confidence that we can have in that salvation. And salvation is the work of Jesus put into action in our lives. And understand this. If it's not our works that save us, it's not our works that keep us saved as well. Right? But it's his grace. It's his mercy. It's his love. And it's our faith in those things. Right? It's those things put into action in our life. And that's what protects us, right? That's what provides us with his protection. It's the helmet of salvation. And it's vital, right? It's vital. Because the truth is, Satan will try to do anything to mess that up, 
Right? The whole reason we put on the armor of God, the whole reason we put on all this armor is to keep us safe. And Satan's goal is to take us out. Right? His goal is to, to give us a good blow to the head when our helmet isn't on. Right? And because when our helmet isn't on, we're vulnerable. When our helmet is on, it's easy to be caught up in doubt. In fact, Satan wants nothing more for us to doubt. He wants nothing more for us than to, to doubt God, to doubt ourselves, to doubt our salvation, to doubt our forgiveness. Right? Satan wants nothing more for us than to, to doubt that God actually answers prayer and that God actually cares. Right? Satan wants us to doubt that God even exists because he knows that the result of those things is hopelessness. He knows the result's anxiety. He knows the result is fear. He knows the result is distraction and what it is, it's a separation from God. So let me ask you, in this time, in this unique time, have we taken off the helmet of salvation in our lives? Like, do we find ourselves plagued with doubt? Do we find ourselves plagued with anxiety? Do we find ourselves plagued with fear and distraction? Have we allowed ourselves to be separated from God? Listen, if, if so, it's time to armor back up, right? In the words of Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother, it's time to suit up. All right, sorry, that was a terrible reference, but hey, you know, anyways, let's keep going. But the truth is it's time to suit up. It's time to armor back up. It's time to be more hopeful of the glory to come and less fearful of these temporary harms. And understand this, a virus is just temporary. It's time for us to walk in salvation. It's time for us to put our helmet on. And so when we have the helmet of salvation on, no matter what storm we face, God will deliver us. Understand this, there's nothing stronger than him. There's nothing bigger than him. Right? No one can outrank him. There's no bondage that he cannot set us free from. There's no stronghold that won't, he won't overthrow. Right? There's no emotional prison, financial struggle that he can't overcome and that he's not bigger than. Listen, with the name of Jesus alone, sickness, disease, infirmity must flee. Right? Every form of oppression and depression must go just in his name alone. Nothing can stand in his way. He breaks cycles. He breaks destructive cycles. He breaks generational curses and destroys things. Every, every curse is broken by the blood of Jesus. Listen, that's the work of Jesus. He wins wars that we never even have to fight. He wins wars that we never even knew that we were coming on. He, he wins battles that we never even stepped foot in because he was already there. And that's the helmet of salvation. All right, think about that. Imagine that in your life. Salvation is the work of Jesus put into action in our lives. And here's how we experience it. We go back to the basics. Right? We go back to the A, B, Cs. We accept, we believe, and we commit. Right? So first, A, we accept. Right? Again, Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says this. It says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Listen, it's through his love, it's through his mercy, it's through his forgiveness and his grace that we've been saved and we need to accept those, right? We need to accept his love. Again, John 3, 16, the passage of scripture we're all familiar with says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Listen, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, right? He gave you he gave me. He gave us Jesus. Listen, don't let that action go in vain, but instead accept his love, right? Accept his mercy. Mercy is this. It's not getting what you do deserve, 
For some of us, the truth is we deserve some bad things. We've done some messed up things, right? We have some punishment that is coming our way. And for some of us, we're placing that condemnation on ourselves and it's keeping us from moving forward. Listen, God's given us mercy, right? And we need to accept it. We need to accept his mercy. We need to accept his forgiveness. I don't know what you've done or what you haven't done, but I know if you're anything like me, you've probably made some mistakes. There's been some times where you, where you had to say you're sorry where you should have said you're sorry at least. And for some of us, maybe you're living in in some regrets. Maybe you're living in some shame because you haven't accepted his forgiveness. Listen, he's giving it to us. We need to accept it. We need to accept his grace. Listen, grace is this. It's receiving what you don't deserve. The truth is grace is something that we don't earn. It's something that you can't achieve. I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. No one does. But what we can do is we can accept it. So I want to challenge you to accept Accept Jesus into your life. Accept his love. Accept his mercy. Accept his forgiveness. And accept his grace. A is accept. B is to believe. If you look at this, this has really been a common action step throughout this series. But again, it's so important in our faith. It's so important in our walk with Christ. If you look at Ephesians 2.8, again, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Through faith. We're saved through our faith. We're saved through our belief. Again, we talked about this last week, but really it's a stepping stone to salvation. It's the process of putting on the helmet of salvation and it comes through and from belief. So I wanna challenge you to believe. And just as we accept his love, as we accept his mercy, as we accept his grace, as we accept his forgiveness, we need to believe it as well. We need to believe that, that Jesus loves us. I wanna challenge you to believe that Jesus loves you, not because you deserve it, but because he created you and you are his child. He made you. He's your maker and he loves you. Believe in his love. Believe in his mercy. Believe in the fact that his mercy outweighs your sins because it does. And the proof is the cross. Right? Believe that, that his grace overcomes your mistakes right? because it does. And the proof is the empty tomb. Believe that he forgives you because the proof is that Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for each and every one of us. I want to challenge you to believe. God has assured us of our salvation. He's given us that assurance and it'll protect us from Satan's hammer and the blows that Satan wants to take to our head if we simply believe the promises. Believe the promises that God has for us. Right, we need to believe the promises that God's given us. Promises like, like Isaiah 40, verses 31, where it says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will, not, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. We need to believe in those promises. We need to believe in the promises of Jesus. Promises that he said in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And then we need to believe in the words of Paul where, where he says this in Romans 8, 37 through 39. But in all these things, we are completely victorious through God who showed his love for us. Yes, I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor ruling spirits, nothing now, nothing in the future, no powers, nothing above us, nothing below us, nor anything else in the world will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Listen, I want to challenge you to believe. Let's believe in his promises, and he's got some good promises for us. I believe, and then see is commit. Jesus said this in John 8, 12. He says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. To follow means that we need to commit. 
means that we need to commit our life, our action, and our thoughts. Right? To put on the helmet of salvation means that we need to commit to him. I want to challenge you to commit your life to him. That's a decision. That's making a decision for him. And maybe you're here today, maybe that's what you need to do. Listen, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to make that decision to live your life for him. Commit to him. And then don't just keep it quiet, but go public with it. Here's a way that we go public with our commitment to God. It's called baptism. What baptism is, is an outward sign of an inward commitment. Right? It's a physical display of a commitment. Maybe for you, maybe you've never been baptized before. Maybe that's your next step. And I want to challenge you, if that is, I want to challenge you to do it. Right? Let's make it happen. Now, maybe you're weird because we're not meeting together yet, but the truth is we will meet together soon. So I want to challenge you, if that's your choice, if that's your decision, if that's your commitment, I want to challenge you to make it. Send us a message through, through Facebook Messenger. Right? Send us, if you're watching online through Church Online, send us a prayer request, and we will set it up and we'll make it happen. Right? Commit. I want to challenge you to commit. We're going to celebrate that commitment as well. Right? Commit your life. Commit your actions to him. And so after we accept, after we believe his forgiveness, we need to commit our actions to him. And this happens through repentance. Repentance is this. It's turning away from sin and turning towards God. That's how we commit our actions to him. Maybe for you, maybe there's an area in your life that you need to turn back towards God. Right? Maybe there's something that, that you need to repent of. So I'm not going to get into it. The chances are right now that God is actually already speaking to you in that place, in that moment. God's probably prompting you to do something, whether it's a struggle that you've had and keeping it secret or whether it's a struggle that everybody knows about that you need to turn away from. I want to challenge you to take the action and commit back to God. Commit your actions to him, right? I want to challenge you to repent. And then finally, I want to challenge you to, as we commit, to commit our thoughts to him. Again, as we, if the helmets protect our mind, and if our thoughts are so important, if we put on the helmet of salvation, what we're really doing is we're committing our thoughts as well. Listen, salvation is a decision made in our mind, but it's displayed in our life. So I want to challenge you. If it starts in our mind, commit your thoughts to him. Right? Commit your thoughts to him. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 through 5 says this. It says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So I want to challenge you to take captive every thought. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Again, our lives will go in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So I want to challenge you today. Commit your thoughts to him. Salvation is the work of Jesus put into action in our lives. And we experience it by putting on the helmet of salvation, by going back to the basics, by accepting, by believing, and by committing. And listen, as we close today, maybe for you, maybe you need to take one of those steps. And maybe for you, maybe your first step is making a decision for Jesus Christ, making him the Lord and Savior of your life, accepting his forgiveness, right? accepting him into your life and committing your life to him. Listen, if that's you, what I want to do is I want to pray with you in just a moment. But I also want to know. So for again, maybe for you, if, if you can, maybe, maybe lift your hand up. There's just some praise hands in the comments. Maybe just say amen. Maybe say that's me. Whatever it is in the comments, let us know that you made that decision. If you want to do this privately, you can also do it through Messenger as well. Send us a private message or online. Again, send us through a prayer request. But we want to know. It's the best decision you'll ever make because it's putting on the helmet of salvation.
And if you made that decision, if you would, right where you are, at your house, why don't you just pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for me. God, I accept him as my Lord and Savior. God, I believe in his goodness and your goodness in my life. God, and I accept your forgiveness and I believe your forgiveness and I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.